Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome along, everybody, to Morning Footy. It's good to have you with us. I'm Poppy Miller here with Nico Cantor, Michael LaHood, and Jordan Angeli is back on Morning Footy with us. Welcome, Jordan. Yesterday was such a big day for the mm -hmm. network and for the attacking third, the debut of the show. How did it go? It, it looked went, fantastic. It went well. And you know what is cool is after the show and when I arrived here this morning, everybody's like, everything looked good. You guys, congratulations. The welcome of the fans, but also everybody on um, Golazo has been so great. We had a blast. We got to break down some plays, got to talk to Sandra Herrera, who's been on for so long. I think it's a really and massive... Brandy Chastain. And, yeah, as well. well cool. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, Brandy cool Chastain well. threw you guys flowers. Like, that is awesome to it get. Was, yeah. Like... It was really so cool. many compliments from a legend. Yeah, it was. Mm. It's hard to put into words what we did yesterday and what we are starting because the women's game has been going on for so long. And really, Brandi Chastain was such a big part of moving the, the thermometer, right? And making yeah. people watch the game a little bit more. For her to say that, but for everybody to be really ready to talk about women's football all the time, to, to see this show three times a week and what we're going to do here. We can't wait, and it's a good start, and we're going to keep going. And, yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, catch us 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be back. right Poppy, back on. I, I want to give a, a shout, a special shout. And I got to grab dinner with you, Jenny, and the rest of the cast. It was really cool not just to hear about the show mm -hmm. and its inception, but to hear about the background stories, the origins, yeah. and the passions, and have an all-female-led cast really doing and making history here on the Glasgow Network yeah. is really unique. Yeah, it was. It was special, and especially with the World Cup only two days yeah. away now. And the countdown continues. Jenny Chu also has the headlines later on in the show. She was a big part of it, uh, so we'll get her thoughts mm -hmm. as well. But uh, over in D.C., that's where the rest of the crew are this morning because there's a big um, match coming up later this week, but it all starts today with the Skills Challenge Arsenal against the MLS All-Stars. Let's take a look at some of the Skills Challenges because this is all really new to me. I wasn't actually sure what to expect. This is very American, isn't it? <laughs> right, Nico? I, I have, and what's the problem? I'm not. I'm just saying that. I, I, I want to learn about it. We're in the United States. You have to have exactly. an all-star game. But, it, it, yes. Let's take a look at the first one. This is it. The all-star skills challenge. Uh, this is who's going to be participating in it. Uh, the players in teams of three will aim to hit as many of the 12 targets as possible in 60 seconds. Each player of the team gets one round. They're fixed targets with 10, 5 and 2 point values, each of which can only be hit once. And then the team with the most points will win uh, one point towards their overall score. So who do we think is going to win, the Gunners or the All-Stars? Jordan, what do you say? 
Well, I think it's going to be fun for Benteke to play against probably some former players that he used to play against. It's hard to go against Denny Bowanga right now in mm. the form he has been in in MLS. The guy is just scoring crazy goals. But shooting challenge, I think I'm going to go with Arsenal. I think, I think Arsenal is going to win this one mm. in particular. Um, there might be some other ones. I'm going MLS. So just, yeah. But I think Arsenal's going to take this. Why, why do you yeah. have such a reaction? Uh, I, I, th- I actually I disagree with that. I think MLS is going to take this. Okay. I think you have players with European pedigree, the likes of Christian Benteke, yeah. who they will be up for this. And Denny Bawanga, that's the player I'm looking at. He will be the difference maker. He can place it. He can go for power, give the goalkeeper the eyes. I think MLS have just a bit too much in terms of quality. Okay, okay. one-on-one. What and, do you decide, Anika? Christian Benteke, he's going to have a little bit of fire yeah. to play mm-hmm. with here because it's a lot of new young guys and Katia Fabio Vieira was on yeah. that yeah. Arsenal list yeah, he is. as well and Flo Balogun. Yeah. Balogun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's for him to prove hey these young bloods uh, aren't at the top of their game yet and he was at the top of his game in the Prem. So um, I so think MLS, MLS takes it Ooh. with Denny Boanga of course. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm going to equal it by going with Arsenal. Thanks, Happy. Well. So two, two, <laughs> so a point apiece. Okay. The next one, uh, the MLS All Star Touch Challenge. Okay. Uh, here's how mm-hmm. this one works with a ski ball scoring apparatus with varying values of 20, 10, 5, and 2. Players must control crosses coming in from all over the place, different angles uh, into the target. The team that scores the most points will win another point towards their overall score. A couple of changes here: Kai Havertz, Jorginho, Marquinhos. Martin Odegaard, uh, Fabio Vieira as well. So, uh, Michael, who's going to win this one? I tip the balance towards the mighty Arsenal. You look (laughs) at some of the players there, I think of the word technical ability. Jorginho, that is a big part of his game. Kai Havertz as well, a very technical player. Martin Odegaard, as technical as it gets, the Arsenal captain right now. Mikel Arteta, he has his team drilled to be very technically sound as well as efficient in the passing game. I'm surprised to see Rob Holding in there, actually. I just yeah. saw that as well, <laughs> him added in to that the mix. That might be the downfall. <laughs> I don't know, because you look at the MLS players, Thiago Almada, good touch. Hector Herrera, good touch. Yeah. Hani Mukhtar, reigning MVP. And Ricky Push, educated yeah. in La Masia. Mm. I don't know. I feel like Rob Holding's the odd man out. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised to see him in there. And Marquinhos is young. We haven't seen too much from him at Arsenal. I mean, I have 100% faith in Odegaard, Vieira, Kai Havertz, Jorginho. It's some quality list of so players. So, yeah. who, who are you choosing? <laughs> I'm going to choose MLS too. Mm. I I just was, the Rapids just played Houston and Hector Herrera had a ball come over his head and he dropped it with the top of his foot just like in place like it was no big deal. I I think he's going to bring some of that touch here to this. So I like this MLS squad. It's also just a weird activity. And I think that this squad is going to be a little bit more poised to it. They, they're in MLS right now. They're used to some weird things happening. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with the Maybe MLS Maybe Arsenal's team. touch is a little off after the off-season. Yeah, they're, they're in off-season. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I'm going to go MLS too. Uh, the next one, the cross and volley challenge. Um, creativity and skill is the key to this one. Um, each goal that goes in is worth 20 points for a bicycle or scissor, 15 points for a standard one-time goal, 10 points for a controlled touch and a goal it can't hit the floor, and then five points for a half volley as well. Again, the team that scores the most points gets 
one point. It feels harsh though to get one point to, to add to their total. What? Yeah, that does. Especially if you're mm. doing bicycle kicks right. out there. Well, how many points more. was a bicycle kick? 20. 20. Yeah. Who's doing a bicycle kick out of this group? Oh, um, I'm looking at heavy on the MLS side. Oh, yeah. I think there's acrobatic stars. I think Christian Bateke, Denny Bowanga can definitely get up there. I even like the likes of, I could see Hani Mukhtar being a bit acrobatic. He could definitely put his laces through a volley. Maybe Ache Ache, Hector Herrera mm, as how well. How about Aaron Ramsdale in there, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, they have to play against a goalkeeper. That's why Roman Berkey is yeah. on mm. oh, I see. the yeah, MLS okay, side. Yeah. Um, I thought he might be delivering the balls across. I don't know. I think Arsenal might take this one. Really? It's a bit of a stacked yeah. side. I don't know if Achaz is pulling up with bicycle kicks, Lahoud. I don't know, man. It's the all-star <laughs> skills challenge. Last season, last season <laughs> I was there, up. I got to watch it, and he pulled a couple tricks out of the yeah. bags. It's party time when he comes. Dynamo and I see <laughs> pull up with a bicycle kick. I am tripping yeah. out. Yeah, not too happy. That's tough though for anyone, isn't it? Especially under pressure for a bicycle kick. But 20 points they'll get for that one. So yeah. you may as well go for it. Who have you got? I said Arsenal. Arsenal? Yeah. MLS. MLS? Mm-hmm. MLS. It's difficult Nico for you doesn't to want to choose yeah. them. <laughs> That's sitting on the fence. Okay, uh, the all-star passing challenge is next. Targets spread all over the pitch for this one. Uh, the players must spray their passes around with pinpoint accuracy in a race against their opponent to win big points. One MLS player and one opposing player per team will compete in a head-to-head up to three 60-second rounds. This is where it gets interesting mm-hmm. for me because this is three against three. So who are we going with here? This is the tightest one, I think. Yeah. This is the hardest one for me to choose. I think when you look at, let's start with Arsenal, when you look at these three players, these are three of some of your best passers in the entire team. Jorginho, his game is built on passing. Martin Odegaard, passing range is what I think of when I see this group. When you look at the MLS attackers and the skill set of each three, Thiago Mata, I think he is the type of player, along with Luciano Acosta, those two, I think they bring the most quality in it, but I give the slider edge just because it's part of their repertoire. It's what they're in the team to do for Arsenal. I give the slider edge to Arsenal. My question is how many World Cup champions were there on that Arsenal team? He's always got to bring it back to (laughs) And the MLS passing has a World Cup champion. Of course I'm going with the all <laughs> Just based Finally, on World Cup Finally, we've got one answer from Nico that yeah, wasn't sitting It was on the easy. Fence. I guess we just have to put a World Cup champ Argentinian on the, on the roster. Okay, so who are you going with, Jordan? I, this one's the, I, I do think this is the toughest one. Um, we didn't even mention Ricky Pushwu. I think mm. this will be an interesting show of his skills that we get a little taste of that with him with the Galaxy, but I think it's going to show a little bit more broad of how he can play balls all over the field. I'm going to go, go MLS. All right. I like Acosta. I, I like Thiago Almada, and then here we go. Okay, so what, MLS is doing well so far. Uh, but Who did you choose? Arsenal. Okay. Uh, I knew I liked a, you, Poppy. That's a scary trio to Yeah, I'm not even an yeah. Arsenal fan. Yeah. And Me there's either. something, that trio, yeah. there's something about them watching them do it in the Premier League yeah. week in and week out. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's off season or in season, they still have so. it. Maybe they are a bit on vacation mode. They are in You just get one point for all these things. America. Yeah. If you win, you get one point. Apart from this one, this is the big one, the all uh, star crossbar challenge. It was the 
big one last year, wasn't it? Hani Mukhtar, obviously, the, uh, the difference to win it for the All-Stars. It's the pinnacle of the skills challenge. Um, one untimed round with both teams competing at the same time. To win this, you must be the first team to hit the victory shot from zone two, regardless of the score going into this challenge. Each team has a chance to win the overall event based on the performance from this one. So I suppose it all comes down to this. You said it well, Jordan. It's like being 20 nil up but saying next goal wins. Yeah. So who's going to win this one? Do we think? Crossbar. Mm. So is this just a bit luck? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put one factor in. The fact that it's preseason for Arsenal. You still have to be in this competition. But the fact that it's preseason for Arsenal, the motivation factor for the MLS players, and you have Hani Mukhtar. I was in Minnesota for the All-Star game for the Skulls competition last year and got to see him from 40 yards out. And what he was able to do, this guy is stone cold when it comes to shooting, technique. He could be the difference. So I'm going Honey Mukhtar and MLS. Did everybody just go wild when he... Oh, the, the, the place went nuts. <laughs> it was like a buzzer beater. Is that yeah. what they yeah. call it? Well, basketball this, this last second. The crossbar challenge Very came good. after Liga Mekis last year. They mounted a bit of a comeback against the MLS All-Stars. So Honey Mukhtar mm. really squashed that with the winner on the crossbar challenge. Is this the last event of the night as well? Mm -hmm. So they build up to this one. MLS is going to take this one. Why? Because they've got a World Cup winner. Yeah. Clean, <laughs> clean sweep across the board. Wow. wow. I mean, it's crossbar challenge things that do all the all over the world. Like you guys grew up doing yeah, crossbar, yeah, crossbar challenge. Crossbar yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought okay. you meant all star challenge. No, 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 no. crossbar. Yeah. <laughs> crossbar. I was gonna give. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't know that culture. So yeah. yeah. I think Arsenal's going to win this one. Yeah. Okay. Just wait for Todd Bowley a couple of years, give him some Honestly, time. Honestly, it's going to be a Premier League All-Star game. The thing is, I really like it, but it's just very... It's just foreign. Foreign, yeah. yeah. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard yeah, that word used quite a bit, especially yeah. from people in wait, the UK. Wait, but hold up. Imagine at Wojini, there's a whole group of Premier League players and the one representative from Forest is at Wojini. <laughs> Would that not make you proud in, in the Premier League All-Star game? Mmm... No, just kidding. Yes, oh, anything on Forest. Even if they were sat on the bench at the All-Star Challenge, I would be proud of them. Anything. Imagine how Wojini, like yeah. in like Stamford Bridge, just knocking balls. I want to see it now. I want to see it. Imagine the Premier League having an All-Star Challenge. Question like for you this. before we move on. If Nottingham Forest had a representative yeah. for a Premier League All-Star game, yeah. who would it be next year? That's mm, a good one. Well, based on what he did this summer, maybe Morgan Gibbs-White. Good answer. He was good. Yeah. He's my, he's my favorite player right now, but... Who knows, heading into next season. Survival is all we're worrying about at the minute. Uh, <laughs> the, the new Premier League year. Uh, speaking of the Premier League as well, we've got one match underway in a pre-season friendly on CBS Sports Network. Let's just take a look at the score uh, between Tottenham and West Ham United. Ange Postacoglu is on the sideline for Spurs. Harry Kane also in the starting lineup as well. Maybe a surprise to some. West Ham United, though, up by two at the half, Nico. Yeah, this game's in Australia, by the way. That's why it's so early. Danny Ings with the header here. Nice assist by Jared Bowen, arguably West Ham's, West Ham's best player over the last two seasons. Uh, so it's good to see Danny Ings on the board. Interesting that Harry Kane gets a start, that he makes the trip over to Australia. Are you surprised? There's David Mubamba with the second goal for West Ham, 2-0 at the half. Am I surprised? No. I think they're holding on, waiting for the greatest bid possible, if it even comes. But Do you think it will come? I think Daniel Levy wants to hold on to Harry Kane. No doubt. Do you think he stays at Spurs this season very quickly, Harry Kane? I think he'll stay.
I think he stays. To my chagrin, I think he'll stay. Yeah. I want him to stay, but I also want him to go. I want him to win something. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to be with Tottenham. Let's see elsewhere. Uh, stay with us. We've got tons to come here on Morning Footy still for you. Jenny Chu is going to be back with the day's headlines uh, when we return. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, here's the pictures that um, Ireland's football team have released ahead of their first World Cup that's coming up in just two days' time, playing tribute, um, paying tribute to their childhood teams. This is nice, isn't it? This is nice to see. It makes me smile so big. And thinking about the kits that we would wear, right? Mm. Mine would be a Colorado Rush kit. What would yours be? Mine, mine would be either a DC United Youth Academy okay. or before that a Russian Football Club. Uh, Do you nice. still have them? Do you still have these? Oh kids? yeah, yeah. yeah, you, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a what? What was the second one? Reston Football Club. Oh, where's yeah. that? Right out by Dallas Airport. Oh wow! <laughs> it was so the short He's on it, it was. It, it, <laughs> so short on it not. is that it. We used to train right where the old uh, Washington, we call them now the Commanders yeah. or football team where their auxiliary training field in DC United used to train there as well. So. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Mine would be a uh, Miami Fusion kit. Mm. My first local team. I was oh. born and then oh. three, four, five, no, more. It's like six years later, Miami Fusion was the big team of the moment. Carlos Valderrama. I was about was to say, yeah. that feels yeah. like a nice team. That, Carlos Valderrama. That was Carlos yeah. Mosa. Yeah. Yeah. Either was, Kyle Beckerman was there? Uh, sorry? Kyle Beckerman. Kyle Beckerman, um, Nick Ramondo, Ramondo yeah. was the goalkeeper. Yeah, I was very young, so I didn't enjoy it like I yeah. would have wanted to have enjoyed it now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those That's were good cool. times at Lockhart. It was epic. My first like local that. team. Where the love began, mine was Winthorpe Tigers. Oh, oh the Which tiger. no one will ever have heard of because <laughs> it's maybe got 100 people in the little village that, yeah. that is there. Tiny, tiny. Yeah. Jenny, what was yours, by the way, before we talk about um, today's headlines? You know, I was thinking about it while you guys were talking. First of all, I understood Russian team when you said Yeah, Russian, me too. That's I why like, I tripped oh. out. I was like, okay. what? No, no, it, it can be a Russian team. <laughs> if that gets us trending, it can be. <laughs> uh, we might be blocked on social media after we say that. Um, but I actually played on a different team like every year. My dad had this weird philosophy that when you were growing, you had to continue to be like mid-range. So like if I ever got to be the best, which at a young age you're growing a ton and you're you know you're developing quickly, then I had to switch teams. So be when like, you're be the on best, a better team. right? You had to be with people that were better than you at all times to continue to improve. So I changed teams a lot. So I was trying Very to think demanding. about which one and. Mm. Well, you know, it got me. It got me to college. It got me to, you know, to different things. So it worked out. So you didn't. I don't really have one. Come yeah. on, just choose one. Not like El Paso this United. This reminds me. Okay. This reminds me of you when you said last time that there's no team that you hate. Yeah, I don't. I guess that's why. Because so I, I mm -hmm. there's no team there. that you love. Yeah. Ooh, we're getting philosophical. <laughs> Anyways, we're not right Let's go into some headlines instead. Uh, the Women's World Cup is two days away, and the reigning Ballon d'Or winner is in doubt for her team's tournament opener. Alexia Puteos was forced out of Spain's training yesterday after 30 minutes. A spokesperson for the Spanish national team said the early exit was planned. Puteos returned from a torn ACL she suffered last year and did start in a pair of recent friendlies. But with or without Puteos, Spain faces Costa Rica in their World Cup opener on Friday. In other women's soccer news, Kristen Press is facing her fourth knee surgery in 13 months. The U.S. women's national team star announced the news on social media yesterday, confirming that she is facing yet another surgery to repair the knee injury that cost her a chance at taking part in this summer's World Cup. Press revealed how difficult her recovery has been from the torn ACL she suffered in June of 2022, saying, quote, For me, the hardest part of recovery has been that I feel misunderstood. In fact, I feel ununderstandable. 
I'm not anxious to get back on the field. My identity isn't lost by not playing. Most days, I don't even miss it, but that doesn't mean I don't want to get back. We're sending love to Press as she continues on her journey. Moving over to men's soccer, where another American-backed group has purchased an English soccer team. This time, it's 49ers Enterprises after the English Football League approved the sale of Leeds United. Leeds appointed former Norwich City boss Daniel Farka as their new manager two weeks ago. The 49ers Enterprises group includes NBA star Russell Westbrook and golf pros Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth as minority owners. The Saudi Pro League has stockpiled an impressive collection of big-name talents this summer, and their latest transfer target is Riyadh Mahrez. According to multiple reports, Al-Ali has had a $24 million bid rejected by Manchester City, but the Saudi club is determined to sign the Algerian star. The Saudi Pro League's talent takeover essentially began with a high-profile signing of Cristiano Ronaldo, and the Portuguese superstar made a point to take credit for the league's rapid expansion in a recent interview where he claimed the Saudi Pro League is better than Major League Soccer, adding another chapter to the long-running Ronaldo-Messi rivalry. Ronaldo said, quote, I think the Saudi League is much better than the United States. My team is Al Nasser. He added, where Cristiano goes, it generates greater interest, and it, I knew it would be like that. Nico, we haven't seen this revamped Saudi teams play just yet, but with all of the stars that they are bringing in, do you think that that product will become better than the MLS? No, because you have superstars, yes, but all the supporting casts around those superstars, I think, have less quality than Major League Soccer players. I don't blame Ronaldo for what he's saying because obviously he's getting paid billions of billions of dollars, <laughs> right? So it's like you you have to say this. You've become a spokesperson for uh, the, the Saudi but League. But is he being a spokesperson or is he just having a dig at Messi? I think it's that. I think it's a little bit of both. And I, I really, what I want to know is how the question was asked so that this response is prompted because he then went on to say kind of like wherever he goes people follow suit and he helped the revival of Serie A when he moved over to Juve and he has kind of like spearheaded this movement towards Saudi Arabia and it's very it's it, uh, look the Saudi Arabian league from one market to the next has increased in in quality and attractiveness no doubt about it but uh I, I still have my concerns whether it's uh, it's more of a developmental league like MLS wants to be, or if it's another Chinese Super League where it's just, hey, we bring all of these guys together and we put out a good product, which at the end of the day, mm -hmm. I still can't get over the sports washing aspect out of it because yeah. it's kind of yeah. like, let's, let's just make this facade for Saudi Arabia and its history with, with these players and, or its recent past and, and stuff like that. So, um, I don't think that, that Saudi, the Saudi League will, will beat the MLS. Well, adding to that, when you talk about MLS, he also said in his interview that the league will be better than the Turkish and the Dutch League in one year. Yeah, wow. he, that's, that's my issue. Maybe, maybe in attractiveness because of the names and the stars, but the amount of talent that the Netherlands produces, and you can't in one market eclipse the history of the Turkish Super League and, and the how, massive how giants of Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. When I hear this, I think Ronaldo's been smoking way too much hookah. I know <laughs> that 
this is a ludicrous statement in terms of in one year, the Saudi Pro League to be better than those leagues. I think what you said is spot on. This comes on the heels of Lionel Messi's unveiling. We never heard this sentiment from him before. And all of a sudden, just when Messi talking about bringing the world's game to the doorstep of North America, the 2026 World Cup, I think this is what we've seen from Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, what he said about being 38 and a half, emphasis on the half years old and Europe being out of his mind. This is all about Messi. This is all about relevancy and now propping Maybe up. Maybe right after the unveiling as and, well. And just a yeah, reminder, what he said about Syria when he left Juventus, left the team in shambles. And Syria now propped itself back up through the rise of Napoli, through Milan mm -hmm. and other clubs. It was not just a Ronaldo effect. Poppy, to your point there, do you think that he was watching Messi's unveiling? 100%. Does anyone <laughs> yeah. else not? Yeah. He's no, like, wait, Messi's getting all these headlines. And I'm over Messi's, here, everyone. Messi's bringing friends with him to MLS, yeah. too. Yeah. So there are people coming with Messi, and I think Ronaldo's like, what about me? Come and play with me, too. And we're seeing that in the Saudi League. But I, I do think that that's a good point that... It's very Zlatan-esque as well, the fact that he, has, maybe that was lost in translation, the fact he called himself Cristiano, where Cristiano goes, the rest will follow. Yeah, I mean, mm. but I, I, I do think he has a point in the sense that he's a, he's a trailblazer, for, he's been a trailblazer in this sport. So how in, quickly in do you think we'll see how serious the Saudi league is? To no. his point, he said in the next two years that it will be more popular than some of the other top I, leagues. I, I mean, look, they have teams that constantly compete for AFC. It's not like they're... It's not like a Chinese Super League in the sense that it just brings stars. They do bring stars, but they do also compete at the same time and within their own context with the amount of money they have. They do put together competitive teams. I mean, look at Al-Hilal that managed to play uh, Club World Cup against Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they always strive for. And at the Club World Cup level, in fact... There, you could argue that they've been greater than Major League Soccer teams um, through the likes of these big, big-name Saudi teams that have received a lot of investment. So um, I, I think there's arguments for, but at the, I, think I think the Saudis end game. That's what splits the difference mm -hmm. here. The, the, the Saudi Pro League's end game is not the same as right. Major League Soccer, and that's why I give Major League Soccer the They nod. want the highest-paid yeah. players. They want the biggest stars, where MLS is saying, hey, how do we make the, the develop these yeah. young players? Yeah. How do we bring players in who are really accomplishing this team effort where it can be a little bit... And give them More a stepping individual. stone to Europe. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. Ronaldo said, "I'm not going back to Europe." Yeah. And and I don't I don't know if Saudi Arabia people necessarily, if athletes necessarily see Saudi Arabia as that stepping stone before they go to no. Europe. In fact, I would go out there and say, how, "No, isn't it's a stepping stone MLS, to fill their bank." MLS, MLS started in the opposite way. Right. Almost they MLS were yeah. the yeah. retired. But, but I think if, if you look at where MLS is now. Yes, the Messi era, it's going to usher in some of the top talent, some of the biggest names. Mm -hmm. But I look at the likes of the success of MLS. I look at the likes of a player like Miguel Almiron mm -hmm. and what he's done starting, yes, started in Argentina, doing well, mm -hmm. but really used MLS as a platform. And now we'll see players in the All-Star Skills game and the MLS All-Star game as well who will be on the international radar scene to maybe make moves of their own if they decide and want to. But the Messi effect doesn't only apply to big-name stars. I think Messi coming here will move the needle for a kid that's at a Boca, yeah. at a River, yeah. mm -hmm. at a, a top oh, Brazilian sure. club mm -hmm. in Colombia to, to rather take maybe the glory of playing for a historic club in Latin America and say, hmm, 
Messi's playing over there. Yeah. Maybe it's a good opportunity and that young talent. I don't think MLS is a model anymore where you need a big name star to attract other big name stars. For sure, everyone, mm. I yeah. think, is going to think about it knowing that it's Messi's league. But from a development perspective. And from grassroots as well. The league has an initiative like that, though. The U21 or U22 initiative. I think that is really smart by Major League Soccer to not just grasp that in terms of scouting and reinforcements, but to use that to say, okay, we're going to develop some of the bright and upcoming stars from other up-and-coming clubs in Latin America and bring them in to couple Lionel Messi. John Duran, Tiago Almada, Ezequiel Barco that came over here. Tiago Almada speaks for himself. We could go on and on on that list. Like I don't see an Argentine going to Saudi Arabia. I don't see a Brazilian going, well, that's not true, um, because there's, there's Brazilian everywhere, but yeah. South American promising teenagers that are willing to make that jump in order to grow their game, I don't know if they're necessarily going to Saudi Arabia for that specifically. But let's see who else goes to Saudi Arabia this summer, because it feels like there's going to be plenty more yeah. joining Ronaldo over there. Uh, MLS has dominated the headlines. The All-Star Game is coming up tomorrow. The skills challenges tonight. Susanna and Charlie are in D.C. They caught up with U.S. men's national team and Arsenal defender Austin Trusty. We'll hear about that next. So Austin Trusty is back stateside with Arsenal and Susanna and Charlie caught up with him yesterday after training in D.C. Austin Trusty, welcome back to the United States. How does it feel to be home? It feels great. It feels, uh, it feels really good to be back here. Uh, so if somebody had told you, like when you were a little boy, that at one point you would be playing in an MLS All-Star game, but for Arsenal, what would you say? I don't even know what I, I would just, I would think they're crazy. Really. Uh, right now I'm living my dream, living my life. And uh, as a little kid, I couldn't be more proud than to the man I've become today and the soccer player and football player I've become today. So well, I'm, just... I'm proud of you, man. You're a baby trustee. Now look at you, a man playing for Arsenal. What has this preseason been like for you? It's been amazing. Um, obviously going straight along to Birmingham, making my way, proving myself uh, over there in Europe in the champ uh, and then getting my opportunity here, is, it's, it means the most to me. And that's kind of, you, you can see that in my mindset, see how I approach things. But it's been amazing getting, getting around the guys, getting to actually know them more and more, know the coaching staff and all the staff around. Uh, it's, this is the real deal and this is a, a great organization to be part of. So I'm just super, super happy. Where do you feel like you've evolved the most as a player in your time here? Time here so far. I mean, it's only been about a week, yeah. week and a half. Uh, but just mentally, you know, I think I think the mental side of the game is where you see guys a lot grow a lot. You know, everyone everyone can kick a ball. Everyone knows how to play at a certain level. But the mental side, that's where you see guys shift, and that's where you see the, the strides be made. So you've evolved, but you're not in the, the skills competition. What's up with that? <laughs> Huh? I want to see you in the skills competition. I'm not soccer, man. <laughs> hey, hey I, Rob Holdings in it. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Come on now. I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. So who, who, yeah, you, like who of your teammates are you? do you think are going to excel in yeah. the skills challenge? I, no, I don't even know who's in it. Kai Havertz. You have Balligan. Odegaard. Odegaard. Jorginho. Ramsdale. Holding. Oh, who's not going to do good? <laughs> who, who, who surprised you the most in terms of skills on the pitch? Be honest. I mean, you, you you grow up, not grow up, but like from the sidelines, you watch them, so you you know they're good. So there's no one. I, I'm not necessarily. I know they're good. So there hasn't really... been one moment in training where you're like, ooh, I, I haven't seen. I didn't see that at Birmingham. No, not really. Cause oh, I, cause God, I see it on TV. On, you see it on TV. You yeah, see you watch it. It's different. Like you haven't had that one one v one moment where you're like, oh, that's different. 
No, nah, not really. Okay. Not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. More to come. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's coming. What have you What have you told some of the guys? Like, has anyone asked you like what it's like to play in in MLS and what this this league is about? Yeah, no, tons of guys. Uh, when I was in Birmingham, but also even being here, uh, guys are talking about MLS and what it's like in the U.S. and being an American player overseas. Uh, just being over, it's a whole different mindset, really. Being American, coming over there, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder. Uh, but also, uh, in terms of back in MLS, I mean, you have to respect MLS. You have to. The guys are good here. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's not a league where, in a sense, in, in the past, the viewpoint was a little bit different, and you know, a lot of older guys come and play in their careers. But now, this is a real deal league and good players. How about so. Messi coming to? Uh, do you, I know exactly. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, best friend in the world, man. Was, what, did you watch the uh, announcement at all? Did you see yeah, any yeah, of yeah. that? I saw a little bit of it this morning. <laughs> yeah, well, it was raining, right? It was yeah, raining. It was raining. It was raining hard. I got to see you, you know, grow up as a young professional, and I know how much family means to you. What, how have they felt? They all, I'm sure they're all here. Mm-hmm. It's practically a home that, game, though. Yeah, what's that feeling been like for them to come watch you as an Arsenal player yeah. here against MLS All-Stars? Yeah, it's it's totally different, you know, one, being an MLS All-Star in the game, but it's so different of the other on the, on the other side being an Arsenal player, the big team coming in playing the MLS All-Stars. So it's even more of a, like, a, just problem for my parents, problem for my family. And like I said, this is I'm from Philadelphia, so it's about an hour and a half, two hours away from here. And it's just it's practically a home game for me. When so. that first paycheck came in, what was the big? What's the first big item? Big ticket item you bought? Huh? What, what's the first big thing you got? A meal for my family. Oh, okay. Good son. Oh boy, now. That was such a good interview there. Was anyone else, though, distracted by Charlie's I glasses? I felt like we could take I will say this. Charlie, when he said proud, he looked like a proud dad. He did, didn't Little he? Little known yeah. fact, Charlie Davies and Austin Trusty, teammates at Philadelphia Union towards the end of Charlie's career. Mm. Austin, just getting started. Wow. Yeah. Shows how old yeah. Charlie's getting then, doesn't it? Yeah, he was. I think there was a tear under those glasses, but you couldn't tell because of the glasses. I think it's cool though for Austin Trusty just seeing where he started in Philadelphia, came to Colorado. When it was announced that he was going to Arsenal, he was on a loan back then, and it felt like that time he actually developed so much at Colorado. He needed that time back at Colorado to get to where he could go eventually to the championship and play for Birmingham and have a really good season with them. But that was such a big development, and he, he mentioned that. Like, this MLS is a good league, and I'm trying to tell my teammates that, and they'll see, you know, in these skill challenges in the All-Star game. But um, it's cool to see a player that you've seen so closely for so long make that next step. What must be going through the minds of these players that know that they probably won't be with the team that they're doing their summer tour with? Mm-hmm. For example, like Austin Trusty. Um, he was voted last year's for Birmingham City, the, the player of the season by the supporters. Um, so I don't know if Arsenal's in the books or at least in his cards for, for this season. So it's just interesting because, like, for example, like Harry Kane as well. Yeah. And so those type of players that... I feel like those are different, though, right? Yeah, like, sure. Different. Sure. I, I think that if you're Austin Trusty and you have something like the MLS All-Star Game and the Skills Challenge, it takes your mind off of the transfer window. Mm-hmm. You are an ambassador mm-hmm. for your club. You are actually put in the forefront, and you actually get to play a role that you may not normally get to play in the season because you might be on the fringes of the mm-hmm. roster or you right. might be – you know, being looked at to be loaned elsewhere. But I think this is his time, even and Balogun, he's really relevant. Even Balogun might be thinking, where am I going to be? I'm not going to be with Arsenal next season. Yeah. I don't think that they're 
Yeah. I just would feel like Trusty would be gleaning anything he yeah. can from these Arsenal yeah. players saying, I'm going to learn as much yeah. as I can while I'm with them. There's right a now. lot of unknown, isn't there? But like he said, for his family to be able to come to yeah. this game yeah. and just being a couple of hours away, at least it's a special summer for him and we'll see where he ends up um, if he does leave Arsenal. There is the match happening right now that we showed you the highlights from earlier on today. Uh, Spurs are playing against West Ham United. West Ham were up by two goals to nil. Uh, Lo Celso pulled one back though. Yeah, absolutely. Gio, Argentine, not a World Cup winner, but it's great to see him <laughs> getting kind of like back into the action. Oh, it was a draw. It's a... Uh, uh, I didn't know that's the first quarter the second. Oh, back back. Back. Oh, Nico, oh, here you go. Ooh, Th this okay. is so Tottenham Hotspurs, though, that we saw last season translating again this season. They go down in the first half and then turn it back around in the second half. Ends Postacoglu coming in. You might change the formation. You might change a couple players. But it's still looking very Spursy. 2-2, though. Yeah, it was Udoji, the Udoji, second one. He, he played, didn't he play at the U21 World Cup? I'm pretty sure he did with Italy. And then he, yeah. yes, he did. And then he had time, not much time off. It's weird, actually, as well, to yeah. see West Ham playing without Declan Rice. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize yeah. the name. We were no, watching Italy. In, yeah. He wasn't that great in Udoji. But it was a pretty good finish, though. Yeah. Off to a better start. Yeah, it, it, Italy weren't the best versions of themselves in that tournament no, either. So Far from it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, stay with us. We've got plenty more to come here for you on Morning Footy. Uh, Tim Ream is going to join us after the break. We caught up with him yesterday. He's back in training for Fulham. They're coming stateside as well for their pre-season. We're going to talk to him next. Fulham are in pre-season, they're coming to America soon and yesterday we had the chance to catch up with Fulham and US Men's National Team defender Tim Ream. Tim, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us on Morning Footy. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. So good to see you, and it's so good to see you back in preseason as well. We know that you're coming stateside as well with the team to complete your preseason. How is it going, though? How are you feeling, and how's training been this morning? Yeah, feeling good. Uh, training was a little bit longer today because we had an off day yesterday, so um, back at it today. But, yeah, everything's going really well. We're, we're excited to uh, to come over, obviously, and you know, spend 10 days in, in the States and, and along the East Coast and, um, you know, excited to bring the Premier League to, uh, to the U.S. Tim, a manager you know very well during your time at Fulham, Marco Silva. Talk to us, what's it like to play for the Portuguese manager? Uh, it's intense, um, but it's fun. You know, he, he appreciates the, having, a, having a smile on our face and but working hard at, at the same time. So the demands are, are very high, but the, you know, the enjoyment is, is also high. And, and when he, you know, he can match those things up, um, you know, it puts us in a, in a really good, a really good place to, to train and, and play games. And it's just been, you know, overall a, a really enjoyable two years. Um, the team's done, done ever so well uh, over the course of those two years. Hey Tim, now full America is going to be full America. You guys are coming stateside. What's the banter in the dressing room like, especially for the Americans? Um, no, I mean, we're just excited. You know, it's, it's been, this is my ninth year here and, and we haven't taken a trip to, to the U.S. Uh, I've, I've been begging, you know, every, every single preseason uh, to, to make a trip. And uh, finally, obviously, it's, it's happening. But uh, most of it is guys just asking questions about where, where we're going, uh, where we're staying, you know, the, the, the areas that we're going to be in and, and, you know, what the fans are like and, and what the atmospheres are, are going to be like. So, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're excited to come over and, and it's nice to, to have somewhere going somewhere different for, for a lot of these guys. For me, you know, I've, I've played all along the East Coast, so I know what to expect. 
Uh, when they ask, what do you tell them and what are they asking most? Are they asking what food should we try? Where should we go? What is your top tip? What do you want them to do or see or try when they come here to the States? Uh, most of them are asking how far, how far New York is from where we're at. <laughs> um, and, and then the next question is, is about Orlando and, and Disney and, and all of that. So, um, no, I, listen, I, my, my one piece of advice is it's going to be hot, so pack the sunscreen. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be warm. But, yeah, I think guys are just excited to, to experience something different, to, um, to, bring, to bring some Premier League games to, to the U.S. I know they're, they're preseason matches, but they're, you know, towards the, the middle to end of, of preseason um, and, and going to be some, some really competitive games that, that we're all uh, looking forward to. Tim, I got a question for you now that we're on this topic of England and America. I was over in the UK and I saw an interview post-game that you did. I believe it was with Sky um, in, the, in Flash right after the game. You had had a, a good performance against Manchester City, I believe it was, that, that you spoke. And um, it was so awesome to hear your American accent on a show where everybody's accent was English. And it really made me feel proud for our country. Um, because I think there's this bias when people hear us talk about football in our American accent, and immediately it's like, oh, they don't know ball. How have you experienced that being an American in England, someone who I know knows ball um, and, and has to kind of, you know, play with that little chip on their shoulder because he's American? Um, I, I'd say it was more prevalent when I first moved over. Um, it's not so much now. I, I think once you spend the better part of 12 years um, over here as, as an American, you you know you start to, to gain a lot more respect. Um, and, and for me, it's it's being around you know all these guys and different managers and, and everyone who brings a little bit something different to the table and, and picking up um, the language, but also you know bringing your own kind of language and, and accent to me. I don't have an accent to them. I do have an accent, but um, yeah, it's just it's just fitting in, right? It's it's um, you know proving yourself on the on the training ground and, and in matches and in games, and um, you know at the end of the day, we're we're all playing the same game. Um, so for me, it's 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 uh, something of maybe you know carrying the torch um, and, and being the that old guy um, who's been here a, a long time and can you know can can mix it up with. Uh, you know, with with everyone who who speaks about the game, um, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't really look at it that way anymore. I, I used to uh, when when I was a little bit younger when I first moved over, and, and now it's just I'm so part of uh, you know the league and the game over here that. Uh, it doesn't even register with me anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of someone that perhaps has a really interesting perspective on the English and American is your teammate, not only for Fulham, but also for the U.S. men's national team uh, in Anthony Robinson. He's just signed a long contract extension with the club. What is he like as a teammate, both with your club domestically and internationally? And what have you made of really the progress that he's made over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been impressive. Um, you know, he, he first came in and he was... Um, I, I would say he was he was a little bit raw, um, and, and you know over the over the last couple of years he's just gotten better and better um, in terms of his understanding, his tactically under, understanding, his technical ability. Um, you know, there's there's always things that we, we can work on and, and improve upon, and he's doing that every single um, every single day, which is you know is, is fantastic to see and to see him rewarded with a, a, a you know a really good contract, a, a long contract, um, you know and. and somewhere where he's happy to be um it's it's great we, 
we spend a lot of time together, um, obviously traveling with, with the U.S. and, and uh, being in the same changing room with and playing next to each other here at, at Fulham. So um, to, to see him kind of grow up in, in front of my eyes and, and watch him improve every single day is, you know, has been a joy to watch. And Tim, we can't talk about the U.S. men's national team without talking about recent rehiring of coach Greg Berhalter, someone you know from the recent World Cup. What are your thoughts on just the appointment itself, and what have you heard from teammates in and around the locker room? Um, I mean, for us as, as players, it was you either bring him back and, and you know we, we work under him or you know, we you bring somebody new in and, and you work under them. Um, it, it's to me, it's not gonna not gonna make a difference. I'm gonna continue to do what what I'm you know I, I know I can do, what I'm capable of doing, and what I'm asked to do. Um, it, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's not really down to us. It's not really our decision. Um, you know, the, I think the performances and um, you know the the wins, loss, draws record. I mean, it, it's it it is what it is, um, and, and we're gonna continue to to work and. Um, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm still a part of it. Um, hopefully I can still lead the, you know, the group and, and the young guys and um, be a part of the, you know, the next cycle in, in a big way. But, um, you know, I, I think guys are, are you know, they, they've accepted what, what is the situation and, and you know, we, we go from there. We're not going to, we're not going to dwell on it. We're not going to worry about it. We're not going to, we're not going to sit there and dissect it. We're, you know, we're going to go and, and work and, um, you know, get, uh, get results and performances. Tim, by the way, you're becoming a regular on the show. I believe this is now twice <laughs> that we have you. The guy to beat is Brandon Vasquez. I think Brandon Vasquez has been on the show three, maybe four times because every time we interview him, he scores in the next game. So, so, so that's the guy to beat. Last time we spoke to you, it was pre-Nations League. And now having seen the guys do so well in Nations League, what did you think of that? Yeah, I think it was obviously important to... Um, Listen, I was I was in the camp, the pre-camp um, before before the the matches, and, and the the conversation was not not defending the title, but um, going out and, and winning another one. Um, and, and I watching the two games, you could you know you you had that feeling, right? You you had that feeling that guys were going out and, and going to win matches, not not be on the back foot and, and try to defend a, a trophy. Um, it was let's go out and, and, and win it, you know, and, and win it convincing. Um, and you know, to to do what what they did um, again. Now the the U.S. is we've won two two Nations League back to back, the inaugural and the second. Um, I think it sent a message, um, and, and I think it's it's important to, to continue to, to send a message in 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 Concacaf and in the region that um, you know we're we're the team to beat, and the U.S. is is the team to beat. So hopefully that continues on. But yeah, super super proud of the guys to to go out. And, with a little bit of adversity, with guys missing the missing the final, and, and still be able to get the get the win, and, and uh, you know come away with the trophy. Now, I want to talk to you about something that you live day in and day out, season in and season out. Promotion, relegation. It's kind of the boogeyman in the room in the United States, but no longer. Yeah, Nico, I said boogeyman, but no longer in the USL. What are your thoughts on the potential impact of pro well in the U.S. and especially a league like USL? Um, yeah, I, I actually had this question the uh, the other day, and, and I think it's great. You know, I, I think you have to start somewhere. Um, I'm obviously I'm for promotion relegation. Um, I'm you know I've I've lived it over here for for 12 years, like I like I said, and um, it it brings out the best and brings out the worst in people, and, and you know it 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 helps you understand who can 
you know, who can bounce back, who can thrive, who, you know, who, who's going to sink or swim. And, um, for it to, to be taking place, um, you know, in, in USL to, to kind of have a, almost like, an, I wouldn't say an experiment, but to, to have it start somewhere, um, I think that's, that's going to, it's going to be important. You know, you, you start, start a little bit lower and, and see how it works out and see, see the way clubs handle it, see how players handle it. Um, and you go from there. So I think it's, it's an exciting time. Um, it's, it's, you know, could potentially be a, a game changer, um, you know, throughout the landscape of, of the game in, in the U S and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see who follows suit and who doesn't. There's nothing like watching your team get promoted and then almost relegated again like I did with Forrest this past season. Luckily, uh, they survived, though. What about with Fulham, though, Tim? Because you had some fantastic runs uh, this season, some really good form, obviously finishing mid-table as well. I would imagine that the dream is always to play European football and to get to that level. Is that the target for you this season? And how close do you think you are to achieving that? Yeah, I think you always have to set set some lofty targets i think you you have to set goals um you know it, it's important to to you know speak about those and, and put them out there um you know you may not reach them you may not hit them but uh, you know for us yeah we're, we're looking to go one one better um i think we we're very very pleased with with 10th 10th place finish but we also felt like you know leading into into the march international window we kind of either side there we had a kind of really poor run that that kind of knocked us out of out of european contention knocked us out of the, the six, seven, eight, you know, spots. So, you know, we'll, we'll set, you know, a, a short-term goal and, and, you know, a points goal and, and a points tally and, and see where that where that puts us. But, um, yeah, we, we definitely, you know, we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we also, you, you want something there to, to try to achieve. Um, and so we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to go better than 10th. Um, but like I said, we, we've not... We've not really set any any goals yet because we're only a week into preseason. We'll we'll see where we are uh, come uh, come the next couple of weeks and uh, and then uh, set some targets. Tim, last question and the most important: What are the keys to keeping such a nice beard? <laughs> <laughs> I need some tips. <laughs> Uh, you, if you want the truth, I don't do anything. No <laughs> way! No way! <laughs> Try it, Nico. Just let it grow out and see what happens. So I actually said uh, I said this to my kids. I, I need to shave. It's, it's getting a little bit unruly. Um, probably have to shave it before we come out to uh, to the U.S. on Thursday. So, yeah, no, no, no special tips. Sorry. Oh wow! I don't do anything, and it doesn't look good, man. At least he doesn't need to be on TV. He, I can't. I, I don't do anything on TV. It looks really bad. I, yeah. Well, Tim, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck this season in the Premier League, and enjoy coming back home to America. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you guys. All right, stay with us. We've got plenty more still to come here on Morning Footy. We'll be right back after this short break.